Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. We do this live weekdays, 11 a.m. complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We've made it to Friday. The weekend is almost here and lots to get to in this hour to wrap up the week uh, from a IU and local sports perspective. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just moments. We'll have some headlines. We'll tell you where Mike Woodson was at yesterday. He was front and center uh, for a couple IU recruiting targets at the Nike EYBL event in Kansas City, Missouri. Also, yesterday we got the chance, the media did, to hear from Caleb Banks and also C.J. Gunn. Is IU doing a really good job, I think, this offseason, keeping its players out there, keeping IU on the forefront? We've had a chance in recent weeks, basically once a week, to hear uh, from someone from on the staff or a player or an incoming freshman. And that's been really good, I think, to keep a lot of interest around the team for the upcoming season. So we'll tell you what Caleb Banks and what C.J. Gunn uh, had to say yesterday. Also, uh, some interesting stuff on Xavier Booker. I know we talk about him almost every day, but he's a major national-level in-state recruiting prospect, and it's going to be really fun to watch this recruiting process unfold after the month of July as he gets ready for his senior year at Indianapolis Cathedral. Uh, But some interesting stuff on him. We touched on it yesterday with Rick Bozich, and I'll bring up some more about him coming up a little bit later in the show. Also today, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's always with me on Fridays as we talk IU basketball, football, and more, so he'll be with us in segment two. And then later in the hour, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, another regular Friday guest. We'll get into some recruiting, which is hot and heavy right now. Uh, We'll recap the month of June, which was a big basketball month in our state, and uh, get into some other things with Kyle also when he's with us a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And I encourage you to send me a text 502-414-1450. That is the number, the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450. At Thornton's, it's Summer Cash Bash, which means one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 
all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do is open your Refreshing Rewards app and tap on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. And if you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, it's no problem. You can just send the the uh, uh, text rewards to 80313. Again, rewards to 80313, and you can get enrolled in the program. And again, uh, send us a text, 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. All right, uh, let's get into some headlines for today. First and foremost, the conference movement and uh, headed to super conferences, it sure seems, continues to be front and center. And yesterday, I saw a report from a source, a guy named Braden Keith, and I'm not really familiar with him as far as the outlet he's with and so forth. So some of this you got to take with a grain of salt these days when it comes to social media. But uh, Keith reporting that North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are all negotiating to join the SEC and that ESPN is trying to void their TV deal with the ACC and, of course, the ACC network. Now, I've seen no other reports out there skimming through things a little earlier today along these lines, but it is interesting because we've spent a lot of time this week talking about Notre Dame and what the future could look like for the Fighting Irish and what a big get it would be for Big Ten football and even basketball, I think, as well. It just makes a lot of sense for uh, Notre Dame to be in the Big Ten Conference. They're the big fish out there right now as far as college movement goes. So whoever gets Notre Dame, and it's, you would believe going to be the Big Ten or the SEC, is definitely, I think, going to put themselves as the front runner in this race to form two super conferences. However, with that being said, in addition to the report I just read about some of those schools looking to leave the ACC for the SEC, there have been a lot of thoughts and stories and columns and opinions out there that in addition to Notre Dame, the next biggest get in this conference realignment could be North Carolina. Uh, for a number of different reasons. Their basketball program, obviously, number one, the school's in great academic standing. That's important, especially to the Big Ten uh, with their AAU, the all-academic, uh, forget exactly what that moniker stands for, but that's a very important piece to being a Big Ten member. Uh, and furthermore, uh, you know, North Carolina all the way around is a very solid athletic department. So uh, that adds the question, you know, if, if you're going to flirt with North Carolina, if you're the Big Ten or the SEC, what about about Duke. They weren't mission, mentioned on that list of schools. Uh, uh, again, just a report that were reportedly trying to join the SEC. So all sorts of questions, and I just feel like it's a crazy time right now with college sports. I was thinking about this yesterday after we had Rick Bozich on uh, talking some about conference realignment and headed to super conferences. When you think about college sports, Name, image, and likeness obviously has been huge and is going to continue to be a huge piece that we learn more about in coming seasons and I think is definitely going to change, has already in some ways changed college basketball and college football. Then you think about the transfer portal uh, and how that has changed the job of a college coach and how it has affected the high school recruiting process and just generally how different things are in college basketball and college football because of the transfer portal. 
Those are just a few of the major uh, transformational type changes uh, that have happened just in the last few years uh, regarding college sports. And it's definitely a changing time uh, as far as even the changing of the guard with some of the old school coaches uh, getting out, Coach K and others. And there's more expected, I think, to get out in future years. But definitely a crazy time, an interesting time, this conference realignment stuff Obviously, it's good fodder for the offseason, but it really does look like we're headed to, I think, a super Big Ten and a super SEC, and uh, whoever gets Notre Dame and maybe North Carolina, and there are some others out there that probably make sense as well. I don't understand all the criteria, especially when it comes to the academics. It sure does seem, just from what I hear and read, that the Big Ten has much uh, stricter and uh, Uh, more goals when it comes to the academic side and the research side of things, which obviously plays a role into some of this stuff, even though uh, as sports fans, we don't always pay attention as much to the academic side. But definitely a crazy time, and it sounds like the Notre Dame thing, there are some people that tell you that they could make a decision in 30 to 45 days about a conference, and it's time for Notre Dame to leave the world of independence, uh, independency and, and get into a, uh, a super conference. There are others that tell you that they think Notre Dame will hang on to their current situation for maybe as much as a couple, two, three more years and go through the football and basketball seasons. Of course, they're basketball affiliated with the ACC, but uh, interesting to see what happens. And I think it's also worth noting, um, you know, who else out West makes sense to come into the Big Ten? Um, you know, if you're going to go to USC and you're going to go to UCLA in the state of California, it probably makes sense to bring in some additional schools. Oregon, just from afar, not knowing their academic situation, not being very familiar with their sports programs outside of basketball and football, they seem to be a front runner. They seem to be uh, sure supported by Nike and some folks in Portland and in Oregon, which would make you think they would be a good addition, again, academically. Uh, not very familiar at all with Oregon, but you do wonder who else uh, from out west could come into the Big Ten specifically. It just makes sense that uh, geographically you would add a couple more members from from that side of the country or that region of the country, but that all remains to be seen. But I know one thing, this stuff is interesting. Uh, This stuff is changing by the day and sometime the hour, and I think it's really going to be something when we have uh, for sure – two super conferences, and I think it's just a matter of time until those two super conferences probably change college sports even further. Will there be an NCAA uh, for those top, uh, what, 48 or so teams, or I guess it would even be less than that. But going to be very interesting and uh, just fun to track here in the offseason and uh, see what this new big super uh, Big Ten conference could look like uh, down the road just a few years from now. Also yesterday, Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn, two incoming freshmen, met with the media on Zoom. Interesting to hear some of the things that each of them had to say. We'll talk more about what they had to say with Dylan Wallace here in just a bit. But one thing, uh, C.J. Gunn has added 14 pounds, which is good for him if you saw him at all in his high school uh, years at Lawrence North, uh, even though he was impressive and can shoot the ball, and that's obviously something needed in Indiana. Uh, you, you do one of the questions you do wonder about his uh, body uh, for the Big Ten Conference, and so to see that with Cliff Marshall, he's already added 14 pounds. That is a 
positive note. Of course, Caleb Banks remains, and I said this yesterday, he doesn't get a, a lot of chatter these days coming in as a freshman because of Malik Renault and also Jalen hood Shafino, the two guys from Montverde that are nationally ranked, have kind of stole the thunder, uh, especially late for this uh, incoming 2022 class. But definitely uh, Caleb Banks is an intriguing athlete and someone that I think is going to be fun to watch uh, in his first year or two at IU as he finds his way. Also, the EYBL out in Kansas City, that was a big focal point of the IU staff yesterday. Coach Woodson, Coach Hunter, and Coach Roseman, all three of the big dogs, were at uh, Kansas City to see the uh, EYBL action there. And In fact, one of the games that Woodson saw first, sitting right at center court, was a 2023 prospect that plays for the Boston Amateur Basketball Club. His name is TJ Power. He had 24 points, had a great game shooting right in front of Coach Woodson yesterday. He's someone that IU is very much involved in and expected to go down the stretch with, I think, as recruiting unfolds for him in the coming weeks and maybe months after this July period. Coach Woodson also saw Arrington Page, which is a name we've mentioned recently because he's working to schedule another visit to Indiana. Uh, He played there in Kansas City. And then Coach Rosebund, according to some reports, he watched Jalen Harrelson and Trent Sisley, two of the younger guys, class of 2025. They will be sophomores next year, both of them in state. Harrelson at Fishers, Sisley here in southern Indiana at Heritage Hills. They're going to be really fun prospects in our state to watch in the coming years. And uh, Coach Rosebund getting a chance to see those guys up close and personal yesterday. Harrelson had 27 points seven rebounds, four assists, but he did have seven turnovers in his game. That's one of the things I like about the EYBL specifically. Uh, The other circuits have uh, the opportunity to get box scores and stats as well, but you can track this stuff from a distance. I mean, they stat everything. Every game has a stat crew there, and it's all available uh, online, and so neat to see. There were a lot of other players that uh, the IU coaches reportedly watched yesterday, but I always find it interesting to see where the head coach is at. I mean, that's kind of obvious. That should tell you something. And the fact that uh, Coach Woodson there to see T.J. Powers' uh, big game yesterday I think is uh, will be interesting to see and where Powers stacks up with Indiana, again, as his recruiting process unfolds. One other thing about recruiting and Xavier Booker. We mentioned some of this yesterday with Rick Bozich, and I had not seen the story until Rick mentioned it yesterday, but there was a New York Times story a couple days ago about Xavier Booker, uh, and obviously you think about a uh, high school player from the state of Indiana being written about by you know the biggest newspaper in the country. Uh, the title of the story was A Prized Recruit Shows the Shoe Circuit is Not the Only Path. And the story, it's behind a paywall, so I don't want to give away too much, but uh, it talks about who's recruiting Booker, um, how he kind of rose to prominence, and also it talks about uh, his own path. He plays for this George Hill uh, AAU team based in Indianapolis, which isn't on the Nike EYBL or the Adidas Three Stripes or the Under Armour circuits. He's had opportunities to play at prep schools, which should not be surprising as most schools. It's not just prep schools, but these elite high school programs come in that play a, a big travel schedule and uh, play a lot of their games on national television. But he's going to stay at Cathedral in Indianapolis, which I think is a win for our state uh, because we've seen so many really good players. Uh, 
uh, leave our state to go play at other places. And so uh, you hope that Booker's decision to stay in Indiana for high school is helpful with Harrelson and Sicily and some of the other big names. Uh, we want to keep Indiana high school basketball special, and that is done by retaining a lot of the talent in our state. So that was interesting. It talks about Booker staying at Cathedral, spurning some of the other opportunities. And then there was a quote from his father, Fred, a former Marine, he said, quote, we don't want to be one of these families or kids who are hopping around different AAU teams or high schools every five minutes. I tell him, son, if things aren't going right, you've got to stick things out. You can't run or jump every time you think a better opportunity is out there. So very interesting uh, to hear that kind of anti a lot of our world and society today. If you look at some of the best players in the country, their paths to different high schools and switching circuits and AAU programs almost on a weekly basis for some of them, it's become a joke. And you see someone like Xavier Booker, and you hear his backstory, and you know he's from our state. Uh, again, this is going to be a fun recruitment to follow. Uh, and I like the more I see of him and the more I hear about him, the backstory, uh, the more I like. So I thought that was interesting stuff on Xavier Booker that I wanted to pass along. And then one other quick note here in the opening headline segment, Jay Billis tweeted out his top five college basketball venues yesterday. He had Assembly Hall in Bloomington as number five on his list. Uh, also, he had the Breslin Center at Michigan State at number four. I've never been there. I'm not sure I would think that, of that as a top five venue, although it definitely is a big-time venue for college hoops. Uh, next, Kentucky's Rupp Arena at number three, and he had a tie between Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas and Cameron Indoor Stadium, the home of Duke, for the top spot. And interestingly enough, Indiana's going to play uh, at the Breslin Center and Big Ten Conference play, and they'll play at Allen Fieldhouse, that big road game in, in that really big stretch of non-conference games for Indiana uh, there at Kansas. So uh, obviously Indiana a chance to check out some of those other uh, top-notch college basketball facilities and experiences uh, that are out there. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, uh, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He will join me for the latest on IU basketball. We'll talk about Caleb Banks and C.J. Gunn, what they had to say to the media yesterday, a little more on recruiting, and just lots to get to always in the offseason right now. A lot of excitement around this IU basketball program. Still ahead as well, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison. 
And we're back on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will be with us here in just a moment. I want to read this text from the Thornton's text line. Greg writes in, wouldn't Stanford be a logical choice for the Big Ten academically and athletically? Uh, Good point, Uh, talking about the Big Ten's uh, research and academic standards. Uh, Obviously, we're aware of the Stanford athletic program uh, and ones that are better than others, but uh, definitely would make sense, at least from the naked eye that I have. So that that would be interesting to see where Stanford falls in this uh, race. And maybe there's a new Pac-12. I mean, I saw some reports the Pac-12 is open to expansion and maybe has already reached out to some members of other conferences or other teams out in the western part of the country. So it's all going to be interesting to see uh, how things shake out conference-wise over the next few weeks and months, and who knows, it may take a year or so. But uh, sure seems we're headed to two major conferences for college sports. Dylan Wallace with me now. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Dylan, let's start with the conference race. How crazy has this been the last week or so? It's been pretty crazy. Um, you know, we kind of got a taste of it. You know, I can't remember how long ago when it was that Texas-Oklahoma deal announcing they were going to go to the, the SEC. Uh, that was kind of the first taste of it. Then you started to hear teams like, you know, a Kansas or, or an Iowa State want to come to the Big Ten. You know, we got a little taste of it back then. And then, you know, just last week or so, um, that's when, you know, UCLA, USC, officially, it's officially going to happen in, you know, 2023, 2024. Um, and now it's all just you know, all these commissioners, everyone's starting to get together and try to figure out, you know, how are they going to stay afloat? How are they going to try to, you know, be, be be a part of this and keep keep their programs in the best positions possible? So uh, it's going to get it's going to get pretty wild uh, the next year or so because all these moves are, are going to happen soon. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a bunch more of it. And I think you're right when you said a little couple seconds ago about it seems like it's just going to be going toward two mega kind of conferences, you know, um, and that kind of seems the way it's been going. Um, but, yeah, I think you also mentioned the Pac-12 and, and the Big 12, which have discussed kind of merging together a little bit as well. So uh, it's going to be different. And, you know, in two years from now, college sports and the conferences, it's all going to look way different than we're used to. So um, hopefully everyone can kind of get their heads wrapped around it because that's just how it's going to be. And it's definitely going to be interesting to follow for sure. But, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep getting wild, and we're going to keep seeing teams that we don't think – fit geographically or whatever but that's just kind of the way college sports is moving and you know the amount of revenue these schools are going to be able to produce by doing these kind of things the tv deals they'll be able to get um it's just it's just it's in the best interest for them um financially so that's the way it's going and uh, it's going to get pretty crazy that's for sure and it's been crazy already to follow dylan wallace sports editor of the seymour tribune you know everything i think about on this conference realignment is really from a basketball perspective. That's just who I am. I'm a basketball guy, and I think a lot of people that listen to this show, uh, they want basketball all all day, uh, all year. It doesn't matter the season, and it's Indiana, so that's what we're primarily going to give people. But the more I read, I have to admit, I think it's obvious that football is driving a lot of these changes and uh, perhaps what the future looks like with two super conferences, it's really not basketball. It's football, I think, is the ultimate sport that's driving a lot of these changes and decisions. Yeah, I agree. You know, when uh, the the UCLA and and USC news popped out a a week and a half ago, whatever it was, some people were like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they do this? And I'm like, think about it. You know, think about, you know, you get an Ohio State-USC football game 
every year or so. You know, that's huge. It draws a lot of viewings. Think about if Notre Dame were to join the Big Ten and they're playing some of these schools. Like, it's huge. And it just it does seem like a lot of it is based on football, and that was kind of what was behind the, the Texas and Oklahoma move that first kind of started this, uh, what, like a year ago or so to the SEC. That was mainly about football as well. So um, it is fun to think about basketball and then kind of, you know, Indiana, UCLA, and stuff like that. But um, a lot of this is going to be based on football. You know, they – they, I think, still generate most of the revenue. Um, I guess schools with big football programs, obviously, that those are the programs that bring in the most. So that's what a lot of it's going to be driven behind. And you can just think about some of those huge programs that they can get matched up in in the in the conferences with other big programs around the country. Um, you know, it's going to make for those, like I said, Ohio State USC football games every year or whatever. I mean, that's going to be um, a pretty big deal for for people to tune into and watch and see stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to look a lot different for because you know it's it's just going to be different because some schools have good football programs and not good basketball programs. In some ways, it's the other way around. So um, some of it's going to work out for some of those programs, and it might not work out for the others. Um, and you know, we we never know how it you know what it's going to be like if you know UCLA cross country team has to be over on this side of the state, you know, for most of the most of their season because they're in the Big Ten, stuff like that, you know. So. Uh, it's going to be different, but yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely mainly uh, driven by football, and I think it's going to be continue to be that way for a little bit. Dylan, we heard from uh, Caleb Banks and also C.J. Gunn yesterday, which really about on a weekly basis we're hearing from some IU player. Last week it was staff member Jordan Halls, and I think people loved hearing from him as well. Uh, but before we get into what they had to say and some of the talking points from uh, their answers, how about a shout-out to J.D. Campbell? He's been the longtime basketball media contact at IU and also ultimately Coach Woodson for allowing all this to happen. There have been so much, so many summers pass uh, where you just don't hear anything about IU. There's no access to the program. Cliff Marshall's tweets and little video clips from some of the workouts or photos of him taking some of the players fishing, that's the most we've ever gotten. But this summer it's been a lot different hearing from coaches, hearing from players, and I know some of it probably has to do with the fact that IU basketball is projected by many to be a favorite in the Big Ten Conference. But kudos for keeping IU hoops uh, out on the front line of the media by doing what they're doing with some of these player and coach interviews. Yeah, I think it's been great. And I think it's also been great that it's uh, a lot of the freshmen as well. You know, you know, in the past, we didn't hear from any of the freshmen until IU's own media day, which is usually in like September. So to hear from some of the new guys coming in that a lot of people are really excited about. I mean, you talk to anyone and, and they'll bring up, they'll name two or three freshmen that they think can come in right away. And you know, we've heard from, I think, three of the four. I think Malik Renault is the only one we haven't heard from yet. Um, but we heard from C.J. Gunn and Caleb Banks yesterday. Jalen Hochefino was a, a couple weeks ago. And it's been nice to hear from those guys and talk about what they think they can bring and their confidence and all that kind of stuff. But it's been really nice. I mean, I remember the every year that I the years that I spent covering IU basketball, I mean, there wasn't really much going on in the summer that you would have. I mean, you would you would maybe see a coach at a, at a recruiting event. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not like you can go and like talk to them for an actual interview there, um, and you wouldn't really hear a whole lot. I mean, I mean, I remember during the the COVID summer, uh, we didn't get really any availability from from that staff or any of those players, which was which was tough because you know that was when content uh, went dry pretty quick, and 
you're trying to manage stuff. But, yeah, it's been awesome this summer, and I think you're right. It probably has a lot to do with just the buzz around the program, and you want to kind of keep their name in it. And, and I think uh, it's, it's been really nice, though, and it's been a props to, to J.D., like you said. He, he's a good guy. He's really fun to work with. Um, he's, he's pretty funny, and he does a good job kind of managing everything on the IU side. And, um, you know, credit to Mike Woodson allowing these guys to come in and talk. Um, it's, it's been really fun to hear from the players. And, um, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always nice because, you know, a lot of these guys, we, we always just speculate who could play this position, who can play where, and to get actual comments from guys, it makes it a little easier to kind of talk about a freshman when you have quotes from them and to talk about, you know, why Trace and Race decided to come back already. We already know that. We don't have to wait till Big Ten Media Days in October to figure it out, you know. So um, it's been really great, and, uh, it, you know, I've been, I've been impressed by how much they've continued to do it. It seems like it's it's kind of almost been like a weekly thing lately, uh, which is great for the guys in the media. I know it is to, to be able to post those videos and write stories about it. So hopefully we keep hearing from them. Um, you know, it's going to, it's going to be fun. And, you know, I think with, with kind of the conference games being announced the non-conference schedule coming out a couple weeks ago, um, it's just, it's just had a lot of fans excited and uh, they're, they're keeping the momentum going in the off season, which is really nice. You know, we found out when Hoosier Stary is as well. It's kind of that homecoming weekend right before a home football game against Michigan. So, um, you know, they, they've been driving the, the bus here a little bit, and it's been really fun to follow. And uh, they're like, like we said, you know, summer, we're always like, what could we talk about IU basketball? Well, I feel like every week we've come on the show, it's been, it's been pretty easy because they keep giving us stuff to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Talking with Dylan Wallace, Dylan is sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He, he's uh, with us Fridays here on the show talking IU basketball, football, and more. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what the players had to say. Banks, to me, is a very – intriguing player that we probably don't talk about as much as we should and that's because of Hood Shafino and Renault they just have stolen the thunder in this recruiting class but he appears to be uh, a small forward position is where he's I read his stories continuing to work out I guess in a sense try out for that position to see what sort of minutes and what type of role he can have there for coach Woodson's team and it sounds like both Banks and Gunn have put on some weight, which is always interesting for freshmen to see what they look like uh, when they finish their high school basketball careers and then what they look like when you see them that first time uh, at Hoosier Hysteria or one of the uh, the scrimmage games early on in the season. So no surprise to see both of them bulk up. I think it was much needed for both of them, and it sounds like that process is underway. Gunn reported a 14-pound increase and Banks about 15. Yeah, for sure, and and I think what you said about you know Caleb Banks saying he's been playing a lot of the the three, or that's kind of where he's been playing more out the perimeter. Um, I think it's really interesting because you know we also know that Jordan Geronimo has also been kind of trying to you know change his game to be more of a three, and I think that shows you that Indiana's going for a little bit of a, a bigger kind of more athletic lineup this year. If you have guys like Geronimo and um, Banks' profile kind of on the perimeter as a three guy, if they can stretch the floor and, and be able to handle the ball a little bit, um, that, that's a whole different kind of look than, we're, than we used than we saw last year. Um, so I'm excited about that part of it, and if those guys are able to kind of become what, what they hope to be, uh, that could be a, a really kind of interesting athletic lineup. So I'm excited about that part. And, yeah, I mean, I think CJ said he wanted to reach uh, 200 pounds before they, they go back home, before they come back for the fall, and, 
Um, I think he's already at 199, so he's basically there. And, you know, he's put on, what, 20 or so pounds already of, of pro- basically muscle. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Cliff Marshall before, and he seems like he just does a really awesome job with those guys. And um, you can really tell just on the pictures that they post how, how their bodies have already started to change a little bit. So um, it's been awesome, and that's, that's what you need. You need to get more kind of toned, more fit um, for the college game. And, uh, you know, they, they've both done a good job so far, and I think all of them have. And I think the one thing we, we kind of knew about this recruiting class was all their bodies seemed a little more ready than the past ones about just kind of being made to kind of come in and play right away. They didn't have to add a whole lot. And uh, to see that they've already done it, a good job of that uh, is great. And hopefully it contributes to kind of them being able to get on the floor a little earlier than we hoped. Um, I know with past, you know, recruiting classes, you know, we always think that they can come play right away and it doesn't always work out. But I don't know, it just something just feels different about these four. I, I just feel like the types of players they are – and maybe the time they're being brought in, you know, they have a there's there's already a good team kind of built foundation built around them that could make it easier for them to come in. So this just feels like a different recruiting class that I think can actually come in and make an impact. Um, how many of them will I don't know, but I think there's definitely going to be some of them that come in and they're able to play and, and play pretty significant roles early on. So really excited about this recruiting class, and like I said, I'm glad we've been able to hear from them, um, and it's going to be really exciting uh, to see what they can do uh, in, in in the winter. It seems uh, for sure that Hood Shafino definitely and Renault would also see some action this year. It's kind of hard to figure things out with so many players back and IU really loaded across the board at so many different positions. What type of role could you see for Gunn and Banks? And I know it's really hard, especially this offseason, to figure this kind of stuff out. But are these guys that will get a legit chance their freshman year on the court, or these guys that are working now, maybe for their sophomore season, when things open up a little bit as far as playing time goes. I think it depends. Um, you know, I think if CJ is the shooter that he's kind of heralded to be, and if he can come in and knock down shots um, right away, um, I think it'd be hard to keep him off the floor because shooting is an area that Indiana could really use. Um, especially if he kind of is able to kind of get things down on the defensive side of the floor early, you know, be able to, a guy that Mike Woodson can trust on that end. He's athletic enough, you know, he's, he's long enough. So, you know, if he can come in and do that, I think he could play, especially I think a big thing with him is, you know, what's the status of Trey Galloway? Is he going to be back right away? Will he take some time to get back? That might have a, that might allow an opening for a guy like Gunn to come in and play on the perimeter, fill some of those minutes in. Um, for for Caleb Banks, I mean, like I said, if, if Woodson is wants to do kind of that bigger three lineup, and he's guys got like Geronimo and Banks, um, that could definitely be a spot where he could come in and, and play, you know, off the bench or one of those guys that comes in and, and provides just a little bit of a bigger athletic lineup for Indiana on the perimeter. So. Uh, I, th- I think there's room for both of them. I think we're going to see a lot of experimentation early on in the non-conference slate uh, with those guys. I think they'll definitely get in. But, you know, when the season gets gets uh, a little tighter and games get tighter, games get harder, you know, maybe one, of, maybe those both guys, maybe both those guys don't find a role. Maybe they both have roles. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I, I think it could go either way. I think they could be huge, huge contributors just kind of getting ready for their sophomore seasons. Or they could both come in and play right away. I think I think the good thing about this recruiting class is it seems pretty versatile, and these guys could could kind of come in and do different things. So I'm excited to see how Woodson, you know, decides to use them. If he wants to use some of them this year, some of them save them. Uh, we'll see. But I think I think at least the options, or at least kind of the, the what we think they can be, I think they could play this year a little bit, and I hope they do. I hope they get the chance to show what they can do a little bit because it should be fun. All right, talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, the month of June was a big one for high school hoops and uh, summer league basketball, and I think we previously had talked that really in 4A hoops, 
locally. It's not New Albany or Floyd or Jeff uh, that uh, were buzzing about this offseason. Really, I think the front runner in the conference and maybe that for a sectional is Jennings County. Did you get a chance to see? And Seymour is not uh, going to be bad either. Did you get a chance to see uh, any of the locals in, in summer league action here this month, this past month? I didn't see any local teams, but I saw a lot of the indie area teams like uh, I saw Carmel. I saw some of the Bloomington schools because they had an event in Assembly Hall that I was able to go out and watch. And uh, Brownstown Central was there for my area, so I was able to watch Jack Benner. He recently picked up a Purdue offer. Um, I know Indiana's watched him a couple times, so um, maybe they might offer him at some point. But I haven't seen any of the local teams. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Based on Jenny's County, I mean, they were young last year, and they were really good. Um, so, you know, I think I think them coming back is the favorite. They can shoot the heck out of the ball, from what I remember. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's a fair take for them to be one of the top teams in the conference. But I haven't seen any of the other ones, and I don't think Seymour played in too many summer games because uh, they got a lot of guys on their teams that play travel baseball and do football stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it should be another fun year, and um, you know, I'm excited to kind of see how it plays out. We have that new format coming in as well, where the regional is only going to be one game, and semi state will be two, and you know, they haven't announced the sites yet, but, I, you know, you'd imagine Seymour could be one of those semi-state um, host sites like they usually are. So, excited for basketball, man. I, I want college basketball to come. I want high school basketball to come. Um, but first, you know, we got to get football. I'm excited for that as well. But, you know, counting down the days. It's, we're already in July, so hopefully August gets here quick, the middle of August, and we can start up the football content. Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, always a good uh, discussion uh, with him on Fridays. Dylan, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. We'll head to a commercial break. Back with our final segment of the show and our final segment of the week. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. More basketball, more recruiting, all coming up here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here this Friday program, and it means Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us here in this segment. The Thornton's text line remains open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle, uh, basketball for us never ends, and it's a big month because the first of a handful of live periods is underway now. There's big events in South Carolina with Adidas. Kansas City with Nike. There are some other tournaments going on that will attract lots of college coaches as well. I'm always curious about not just IU-connected recruits, but everybody from our state uh, getting a chance to play in front of coaches this month and land scholarship offers. And uh, obviously each year a big number of players from the Hoosier State commit to Division I basketball programs across the country. So in addition to Xavier Booker, who we all know who he is and uh, what his rise has been like here the last few months, other players that you're tracking or you're watching this month that uh, could really help themselves or be players that uh, take a jump as well? 
Yeah, and uh, you know, as I went through, you know, kind of reorganizing our uh, 2023, you know, class rankings, you know, and I, and I thought this for a while, but you know, just a really deep uh, class. You know, guys at the top like Booker, you mentioned, who are, you know, all the way up to top five national uh, recruit now, and then you know, a couple others who are, you know, already committed, like Miles Colvin, who's going to Purdue, and Logan Imes, who's committed to uh, Penn State. Uh, from Zionsville, so but but then just really you know kind of all over you know w- talking about different levels maybe of uh, some players but but then others high major uh, possibilities like Marcus Burton from Penn who you know I, I saw him at the Charlie Hughes shootout uh, a couple weeks ago and he's definitely has some you know high major interest now and some some really good mid major offers and then you know Sam Worm from uh, Carmel who's you know six eight shooter or six nine shooter uh who who i think you know could possibly play his way into you know some bigger uh opportunities potentially and you know so i'd say you know burton orm uh joey hart from linton stockton is another one i think who's got you know obviously some really good uh, mid-major offers picked up more uh here recently even so uh you know jakey roberts from uh, bloomington uh north uh zane doty from ben davis so uh, I think Joey Brown too from North Central, who you know plays with Booker and will obviously have some eyeballs on him because of that uh, playing on that team. Uh, he's another one I think, and he was injured at the end of his uh, season, his junior season. So you know maybe an opportunity for him to get a little bit more uh, eyeballs on him. So you know really it's an interesting time. It's kind of the last go round for this 2023 class to to be able to play in front of coaches and and really a class that you know, is another one that uh, was affected by the pandemic quite a bit. Maybe the maybe the class was affected the most, you know, because of when it happened for them. So, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, last chance, like I said, but, you know, and for some of these guys, it's probably going to be, um, you know, not even over. Uh, some of them will probably wait even through their senior year uh, in some cases to see what happens. But a lot of them will get done here in the next uh, month and then, assess their opportunities and maybe, uh, you know, over the next couple of months have a chance to, you know, take some visits. I think that's what Booker's planning on doing. And, um, you know, some of the other ones will, you know, maybe have to jump at an opportunity just, just uh, to get locked into it here before uh, somebody else takes their spot. Gal, I'll tell you what, I had a chance to look at your, your rankings you published at the Indy Star uh, website recently for the 2023 class, and, and there's not a lot of Southern Indiana flavor, definitely uh, none really from our immediate area here, and that I can't argue with that. Uh, in fact, in recent years, though, I mean, between Romeo and Trey Kaufman-Wren and others, uh, we went. I'm just kind of scratching the surface with those names. Southern Indiana, our area, would have had a number of players on that list. So locally, at least in this 2023 class, Southern Indiana isn't making noise across the state like it has in in other recent years. Yeah, and, and you know that could be you know any number of re- maybe in potentially it could be guys I potentially haven't you know maybe missed out on or haven't seen enough. You know that's sometimes the case too. I'm not. You know, people, uh, you know, sometimes want to argue, and I say, yeah, that's that's perfectly <laughs> understandable. If you if you have an argument for a player, you know, it's not a, you know, I always try to update and be, you know, keep an open ear to to open eyes and open ears on players. I'm not saying this is a finalized list, uh, but I think sometimes, you know, you see classes. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a, you know, a down, uh, you know, down on any part of the state necessarily or anything like that it just could be maybe 
you know, a down year, you know, or a class that maybe just doesn't, maybe you had some kids leave or, you know, something. So, but I did notice that too. And I think it's, uh, it's a class, there's a lot of Northern, uh, more Northern uh, flavor a little bit like Burton and, you know, Mason Jones, who I really like uh, from Valparaiso, who uh, just committed to Ball State here recently. I thought he, he was phenomenal uh, in June and, you know, kind of played his way into a, an offer and a commitment, um, you know, by the type of June he had. So, you know, there are, you know, some, some areas of the state, I think they're a little bit stronger. Central Indiana, of course, those are a lot of players I see regularly anyway. Uh, but I think Northern Indiana has got a little bit of a, a, a jump on that class too. Um, you know, so it's just sort of the nature of it. It bounces year to year and you never know exactly where the, the talent's going to come from, but it seems a little heavier on the northern side this this uh, this year. Talking to Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, you can read Kyle's work at IndyStar.com slash sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Nedrip. Kyle, uh, you tweeted earlier in the week that a uh, longtime member, one of the founding members, in fact, of the North Central Conference, uh, Indianapolis Tech is going to exit that conference very soon. Uh, and that's interesting because we know all the stuff going on right now in the world of college sports and getting to super conferences and so many changes that have happened. And I think we're just kind of starting to get back into that. I think there'll be a lot more additional changes as far as these college conferences go. Everything seems to trickle downhill from pros to to college, to minor leagues, to high school, to prep. Uh, we're seeing that with NIL. Some states now, uh, even in high school, allowing players uh, to have sponsorships and deals. I think I saw maybe up to six big athletic associations in the country now uh, are allowing some sort of uh, basically NIL deals for high school athletes. With that said, do you think that uh, there could be some movement uh, soon or down the line a little bit as far as conferences go in our state, I know that Madison dropped from the Hoosier Hills Conference uh, recently and uh, now a change in the North Central Conference. There have been some other big ones as well in recent years, but could we see any kind of uh, adjustment or change in the thinking of conferences in high school basketball and football in our state? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the big dominoes, of course, were Carmel and Center Grove leaving uh, up in the MIC uh, in our area, and that was kind of a seismic uh, move. And, and they were trying to get in the HCC with the Suburban Conference with, you know, Zionsville, Westfield, uh, HSC, Fishers, Brownsburg, schools like that. Didn't happen. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, I, I think there's still a possibility that that could happen uh, down the road, that those, you know, even maybe just one of them, uh, you know, gets in or, you know, maybe, maybe some different combinations could happen there. Uh, you know, maybe even a breaking apart, you know, in some aspect. So there could be, you know, I don't think it's ever done. I think there's these conversations continue, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, in tech situation, I think it was sort of a deal, you know, they'd been in the, the North Central conference back in the beginning, in 1926, I want to say it was, and then left in 1960 uh, to get in the more of an IPS league city situation, and then came back in, two, in uh, 2015. Uh, but, you know, there was some issues on both sides as far as, you know, traveling, tech, you know, filling out uh, some teams and, you know, some things like that that kind of led to, you know, this decision to be made, I think will allow tech to probably look for something a little bit closer to home that makes more sense as far as travel goes uh, that North Central Conference is a, is a beast as far as travel so you know I think that's uh, going to be a benefit to them you know now finding the right 
you know, I talked to some people yesterday, you know, about the possibility of the Mick. There's some, you know, some different opinions on that as far as tech goes. So I don't know if that's a possibility or not. You know, that's kind of yet to be seen. But, you know, there, there will be some some chances for them, I think. And even being an independent uh, in their situation, you know, that I think that maybe be more beneficial. They're, they're still going to play some of those NCC teams in certain sports. Uh, but, yeah, I think from a broader perspective, I think it's – a lot of it's based on population shifts and, and things like that. And, you know, I think we've seen these suburban schools in Indianapolis just get so strong uh, that it's that it's changed kind of the dynamic of, of sports, really, and at the high school level. So, you know, that'll be something, uh, you know, Carmel and Center Grove, I think, would benefit them to be in a conference for scheduling purposes, especially in football. Uh, but, uh, to, to, you know, the, you're, you only have so many schools that are that size. There aren't very many, so... You know, a lot of these conferences don't, you know, they're not real interested in adding a, a 5,000 student Carmel uh, to your conferences, including the HEC. So, you know, that it has to be the right fit, I guess, you know, is what I'm trying to get at, too. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things that kind of play into it. Makes sense. Kyle Nedrip, Indianapolis Star. Kyle, as always, thank you for helping us wrap up the week, and uh, we'll do this again next Friday. All right, sounds good, Matt. Have a good weekend. Absolutely, you as well. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. That wraps up the show and the week. Don't forget, if you missed the live program, you could always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. Have a great weekend. I'll return on Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.